Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. I want y'all's opinion though, because I mean, do y'all want to talk about that uh, Instagram post I sent y'all? I was kind of curious. Go ahead, shoot. So I sent the boys an Instagram post. Follow this account. Oh, we lost Alejandro somehow. Oh, that was my fault. Uh, <laughs> you kicked him out. <laughs> uh, so I sent the boys an Instagram post earlier. I follow this account called Jerry News on Instagram. If you don't follow this account, I, I think they're a good source of information. They're pretty straight to the point uh, and relatively, you know, <laughs> relevant, I guess. They don't send a lot of bullshit out there. Sometimes they do. Anyway, this post was about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill making it illegal to protest in front of private homes. Those who violated the order could face 60 days in jail and fines up to $500. So essentially, like I said, it's illegal now in Florida to protest in front of private homes. Obviously, that's that's all I have. So Alejandro, if you pull up more, I'd be kind of curious to read more about it. Because this is interesting. Like, I've always thought that protesting, like, you know, when you go, I, I've never imagined like going into a neighborhood and standing outside somebody's house and protesting. Is that what we're talking about? Or is it, is it, am I getting the wrong picture from this? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> sounds pretty straightforward. I mean, what's, I guess if but, we're going to talk about semantics, what is technically in front of the property, you know, in the, in their street, uh, you know they can't. Here, he's he's got something pulled up. Let's see. Okay. But Go ahead, I mean, please. is I, I I think it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's rational. People, yeah, because it's intended for for just intentionally harassment. So it says aimed at uh, intentionally harassment or disturbing someone in their home. Violators face uh, 60, 60 days in jail and fines up to five hundred. Which I mean, honestly, it it, it makes sense, dude. If like if I disagree with with Alex on something, I'm not gonna go stand outside his house and like harass him. Yeah, but y'all brought up trespassing, and that's kind of why I thought this conversation was interesting because you think, yeah, and there's a lot more in this article. So you think like trespassing, right? Technically, if you're standing in the street in a neighborhood, you're not trespassing, right? Or are you trespassing? Is that considered? You know what I mean? Because like, if you're trespassing. And you're staying on their lawn or whatever. You're up near their front door. Obviously, that's their private property. But if they're staying on the street or like across the street from it or whatever, is that technically trespassing? Can you get in trouble? Because we always see that, honestly, in the, in the TV shows. And you see that. I mean, I recently with the Johnny Depp stuff, you just see like kind of how everybody's posted up. So I guess that was what was interesting to me is it does it stop people from standing across the street or is it just like, on their property kind of thing you know what i mean is that is that confusing i think um i think for me it depends on the neighborhood um if you're actually in an like deep in a neighborhood or something like that i would feel like yes that technically is still trespassing because it's neighborhood i i i don't i don't know i guess to me it kind of is still 
I I know, you know, law, there's a lot of gray area. So I know depending on like the lawyer you get, what court you go to, you could probably some lawyer to like finesse that this is still, you know, on the neighborhood street. It belongs to the neighborhood. The residents of the neighborhood, I don't know. They pay homeowners association or whatever. I don't know. See, because for, for trespassing or unlawful uh, entry, you have to you have to go into a structure. So, like, if I'm trespassing, uh, like, unlawful entry, like, in your house, I have to go into your house. For trespassing into a private area, I just have to cross over that area. So, I mean, as long as they don't pass the easement or, like, they get in your yard, technically not trespassing, but I, I think what this what this is trying to do is trying to, like, stop the harassment or, like, let's say they're being loud like then maybe they could take action if they're just like have signs and stuff maybe not but like i think maybe like if the neighbor is uh has like loud music you could call the cops and be like hey they're too loud like can they put it down maybe in that aspect maybe not like so much the trespassing aspect i don't know oh you're muted my bad uh so that means it says protest in front of private homes. So you were just saying about outside a gate. So you can't stand there. How about this? Uh, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Like what if there's a protest similar to the situation that we saw uh, with George Floyd, where it's like masses of people at that point, that law is really gray area because technically you could be standing like in a neighborhood street, like walking, marching, whatever, protesting. So, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of gray area there if you think about it that way. But how often does that happen? Hopefully, yeah, that's true. Hopefully, never again. I I I ideally never again. <laughs> yeah, I think at that point it becomes a slippery slope of just like who who deems it like okay for you to be doing X thing in front of somebody's house. It's just kind of wild. The bill itself. It's just like. Kind of came out of nowhere, I guess. This guy's, from what I understand, decently controversial. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's a, the the other guy, the wheelchair, uh, Cawthorn, whatever, he lost. I don't know anything about him, but I feel like all I hear about these politicians now, because I'm a layperson in regards to researching, it's just like, not a layperson, I'm a lazy person. Oh, there's that phone. <laughs> uh I just I just read the bad news. I never get any, like, the good actual information anymore. It's kind of sad. But I mean, I think that just goes uh with with like news itself, like good things aren't really newsworthy. So like a lot of time yeah. like, then they're not gonna report like Alex just got an A in class this week, yay. Yeah. And, like, Alex tripped in class and broke his arm. You know, it's this it gets more whatever gets more views. Yeah. Crazy times. Anyway, I just wanted to chat that because y'all had some interesting y'all like texted back some pretty like decent thoughts except for david where he said they'd release the gator on him if they trespassed <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> uh so let's talk basketball boys jimmy buckets jimmy buckets i mean at this point man i don't know what it is i feel like he, he he's one of those people that are just built for playoffs he's built for playoff basketball like there's guys that are like regular season they stat pad in the regular season <clears throat> james harden and 
kind of come up short in the playoffs. I feel like regular season, Jimmy Butler's like, oh, this ain't really for me. And then playoffs come around, and he's just like, turns it up a notch. He just turns into MVP status. Player. Yeah, he's a different player. Uh, just to give the two fans some background, the uh, Boston Celtics played the Miami Heat yesterday in the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. It was hosted in Miami. Uh, noteworthy parts of this game are going to be the fact that Miami won 118-107, uh, really primarily behind the 22-2 run to start the third quarter, bro. <laughs> How wild is that shit? I also was seeing that, was it Bam out of bio? Did he have like 10 blocks or something like that? Did, did I hear that right? Somebody had 10 steals? He only had one assist. That's all I know. One assist. <laughs> That's all I know. He only had one assist. Yeah, pull up if you can his his stats. Actually, I have it right here. Oh, uh, he just had four. My bad. I thought I read he had like ten blocks or some shit like that. I'm sure I would have saw that. It, it was crazy. It was kind of crazy because coming out the gate, uh, Boston was just on one, and I was like, I was gonna text this, but I forgot. I just got busy or something. But I was like, man, are the Heat missing Kyle Lowry more than the Celtics are missing? Marcus Smart and Al Horford. And then that third quarter happened and I was like, oh, nope, never mind. There we go. Maybe they just from the long layoff and whatnot, they just needed some time to get it together. Get get a half in that old coach Spolstra can uh, take a look at what the Celtics are doing and uh, adjust. Adjust wisely to it. Um yeah, and this this is when you look at the stats of this game, it's they're pretty close. I mean, they're all really close. The difference in this game was hustle, like we expected. That just you know, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam, all of them. I mean, that play at the very end with that Celtics player. What was his name? He's uh, Peyton Pritchard. He's driving the lane, and he he had made that three. They had lined up the three players to come in. He made the three. And then he sent them back, the Celtics coach, to the bench. And they get back on defense, stop them or whatever happened, score or whatever. And then they go down, and Peyton drives the ball. Jimmy stands there and just waits for him to go up and then just, like, palms the ball and stuffs him and then just runs back. Like, it it, it was crazy. <laughs> the defense played by the Heat. The turnovers were crucial. The steals were insane. I feel like they stole the ball every other possession. Or if they didn't steal, they blocked them. I mean, just it, it was just a defensive battle, dude. It was, it was a great game. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler, man. It, it, it's kind of interesting to see him play, too, because he, he really plays at his own pace. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. He's like, when he gets the ball, it's just, uh, this is kind of how I want to play today. You know, this, we're all just at his mercy. Yeah, essentially. And um, but yeah, they need uh, the Celtics on the other side, the Celtics. They need um, Horford and Smart to come back as soon as possible. Apparently, there's a chance Horford might be out the first three games, which. I I don't know, man, I don't know. Uh, We we know Horford's value, especially when he went uh, God mode. In that one game in the Milwaukee series. Um, but also Marcus Smart's value 
on the defensive end, just being the the. I fucking love Jimmy Butler. Look at this quote. Sorry to interrupt you. He pulled up Jimmy to Jalen Brown during game one. You were drafted third because they thought you were the next me. You ever heard, I hope he's the next Jalen Brown? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> this shit you know, is awesome. I, I, I don't know why Jimmy Butler always had this negative kind of stigma to him. Um, it, it's because it's, of the Timberwolves thing when he went nuts in, in Minnesota. It, it's not even that. And when he was in Philly, too. I mean, he didn't get along. The thing, the thing was though, like when I hear him talk about these certain situations that get put out to the media, and J uh, on JJ Reddick's podcast, Jimmy Butler's on there talking about these certain situations. I'm like, seems reasonable. Like he cares, you know. It's just him caring about winning and about you know the process, playing the game and whatnot. And I don't know, it just. For some reason, when it gets to the media, it's like what's Jimmy Butler is absolutely perfect for his career. Is I mean, to sum up what you're saying, he's Miami Heat player. That's what he is. He is a Pat Mm -hmm. Riley, Eric Spolster player. That's what he is. He's always meant to play for the Heat. He should have been there sooner, but now he's there, and it's just where he's meant to play. It's the right kind of basketball. Perfect culture fit, real culture guy. We love that culture guy. Him, <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's uh, another one. I yeah, like Kyle a- Lowry in uh, Toronto, though. Like, what do you mean? Like, you don't like him now, but you like? No, him in no, I, I do like him now. I just thought he was like him. The Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry era in Toronto was was a good era. That was like that was a fun era to have that duo up there. Mm. Yeah. Too bad for DeMar DeRozan. I feel like he kind of got the short end of the stick in that yeah. whole that whole oh, situation yeah. and whatnot. You know, he's trying to make the best of it, but I mean, ultimately, I think he made an All Star year. He had an All Star year, didn't he, with the Spurs? Was it last year? Something like that. Maybe I'm spitting bullshit. I feel like he had a good year. He did have a good year with. Uh, I don't know, but um, dude, train of thought totally just. Totally just left me, but it, 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 it's funny because uh, they were, I, I kind of was glimpsing at first take for a little bit here and there. Side note, Alex, you're right about that YouTube TV DVR. That is the most clutchest thing ever, bro. I, I don't know. I remember you talked about it a few weeks ago on an episode and I was just like, oh, you know, I never really... I don't know. I just never used it until I started getting mad because there was clips of uh, first take that I wanted to see. Probably like JJ just going off on somebody, but I couldn't find it on YouTube and I couldn't find it anywhere else. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to add like put the first take on the YouTube TV. Everything's on there now. It's kind of like I was looking at it. It was like, if you have YouTube TV, you don't really need like, Hulu, like you just press add something to your library and it just gets recorded. You can search it. Yeah. And you just kind of watch it whenever you get a sec. And it's like, 
this is insane. Anywho, back to the main point. First take, I was watching it, and what they were debating was essentially is Jimmy Butler the best player in this in this series? And I was like, it's a hard one to to say. Um, I don't think so. You think it's you think it's Butler? Yeah, over Tatum. Yeah, I think the way he plays in the playoffs, dude, how consistently with this organization, how consistently he's played in the playoffs, I think there's no question that he's the best player. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron. You've brought that up every single time. Bent over on the press box, just gassed at the end of that game in the finals. I mean, he's not by far, but I mean, he is certainly the best player in this series. If we're talking like, you know, whole career, that sort of thing. Like we can go tit for tat on numbers and whatever. And you know, who did what, when, but if we're talking playoffs, man, especially recently with the heat, nobody's better than Jimmy, dude. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with that because it, I think Stephen a made a point. Like you got to understand. Cause I think, uh, Russo was saying it was Jimmy Butler, which was a shocker to me. I was like, what? Russo actually liking somebody that's not like 75 years old? He's always talking about Oscar Robertson and Larry Bird. And I'm just like, dude. You're a big first take guy, huh? You watch first take? I I have sworn it off. I will only watch Undisputed. And I watch McAfee McAfee every day now. McAfee's lit. McAfee. McAfee. Not every day, but when I can. I I just try to catch when uh, JJ's on there, honestly. I really... I've become a big JJ Reddick guy recently. Like, podcast. Like every, good. He, he always has something interesting and he, he has good analysis. Yeah. Actual analysis over the game and whatnot. And it's funny hearing him. It's funny hearing him analyze a team, a game, a series versus Stephen A. And it's just like, you realize, Stephen A, you're just, it's just a bunch of gibberish. Like, what are you even saying? And sometimes JJ calls him out on it. He's like, okay, that's all nice and all, but you didn't answer the question. <laughs> it's just like, um, crap. What was the original topic? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. I, I'm going to have to agree with you, yeah. Just because Jimmy Butler is just, he's just so low-key. It's so low-key. He's so calm demeanor all the time. and. He's just—he's one of those guys. He's a guy. He's a basketball guy. He's just one of those guys. That's—that's that's all it is. Culture and guy. he's a culture guy, basketball guy. Um, oh, as I was saying, that's what I was looping back to. Stephen A. Smith was saying how it's Jason Tatum, but you can't. The thing is, he can't do it all. He can't like Al Horford's out. Um, somebody else was out. Uh, Marcus Smart is out. So that's more load on what you call it that's more of a load jason on tatum? jason tatum are you watching baseball or something right now are you good <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a load on jason tatum and so my my train is just like <laughs> yeah you're like, yeah, you're like what you call it and him and i'm like are you good <laughs> yeah yeah so jason jason tatum and there's a live line drive out in the right field and <laughs> 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 once you start cv doing 
<laughs> that <laughs> um Jason he Tatum was saying a, a lot of, a lot of the load is on Jason Tatum which I thought because he was pro Jason Tatum I was like Stephen A you know you just made your point for Jimmy Because it says much. I was like, what? what is going on? This is why y'all can't score a bucket because. Y'all don't got. Jimmy Buck. I try to hit. Jason Taylor, he just has this motor almost like like all the other guys. you'd think of like West teen I believe he was yesterday and he he shot 18 from the free throw line I mean, he drive he outbodies you because he just he just plays harder if he doesn't score 40 which he doesn't He's only and so he doesn't do it every night. He scored thirty six games out of twelve in these playoffs. Single night, but you have people like Tyler Hero. Bam at a bio. People are playing the way he's playing. It's like we're it, he just he just Continues to do Luca or no. Steph. Interesting.
interesting anywhere, anytime, yeah. any yeah. place. Yep. We're talk. Because two episodes ago, you had said some bullshit and you came back on and you made a full 180 about it. I don't even remember what it was. And now here we are. And you're not even making a comparison to James Harden. I mean, two episodes ago, you were saying, Luca, we have to see if he's like James Harden or something along those lines. Come on now. Well, I, I, he, his comparison, his comparable person is LeBron James with all due respect. That's fair. Like that is the person he is. I feel like, especially now at this point, um, how he's been playing in the playoffs and whatnot. He just doesn't play as above the rim as LeBron does. Yeah, it's just minus the athleticism. He does, he's not going to sprint from court to court, one end of court to the other, and catch up to, with you and block you or anything. He can't. He doesn't have the athleticism to do that, but he, as far as his offensive skill set, it, very, he's very similar in which um, just crafty, able to find his, find his teammates, Get the get the good passes in. Um, I believe at this point, you know, they're at when LeBron was Luca's age. I think Luca right now is like twenty six eight and eight, whereas LeBron was like twenty six four and four at this age. Mm. So if anything, games come re- a long way. So yeah, and and the game and the games come a long way, but still inflation. All right. Put yeah. some inflation in there. there. There is inflation in the game, to be honest. Put some inflation in there. They're pretty much very, very similar at this point in their careers. And um, yeah, it's just, I think he's evolved from being like James Harden to now being a complete offensive five tool player like LeBron. Hmm. I'm going to take Steph. Just sorry, been there, done that, going to do it again, over and over and over again. Greatest shooter in the history of the game. Um, I want the ball in the hands of the greatest shooter in the game for the last shot of the game. Now, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Here's the differences between the two. Steph, you can't just give Steph the ball and like, all right, make the game winning shot. No, you got to say. Do you say, not remember the Clippers play where he juked four people? When was that? Like 2015. Okay, I, I just I, I'm just saying like your so your argument for Luca was that he makes the right pass or he gets the person open. No, no, I, no, no, I don't no. no. That, was, that, that was that was that was completely sorry. That was separate from the actual clutch thing. The thing with Luca is like I said, you just you need a bucket at the end of the game. Here, Luca, here's the ball. Steph, it's kind of like, all right, we got to run some screens to get like this rub screen and then like this kind of play to get Steph the right look in the three point line. Whereas, I mean, obviously, that's the system they run. If it works, it works. But as far as just 
being able to give somebody the ball. If you just give them the ball, can they get that game winning shot? Can they make that game winning shot? I, I think I he <laughs> Alejandro exposing me here, pulled up an article from the Sports Rush. So whatever that is. Steph Curry is dead last in field goal percentage during clutch time. Shocking stat shows how Warrior star performance late in games has cratered in the 21-22 NBA season. Okay, look. He broke the yeah, I am yeah. He look, he broke the record earlier this year and we all know that he has been on a massive slump since. So, if we are going to consider that fact and just say right now, then yes, I'm going to take Luca because Luca is on fucking fire right now. And clearly Steph is not. So, if we're talking right now, but if you're just asking me the question almost in like a legacy sense, like we do in most cases, like, would you take KD or LeBron? You know, I'm not talking LeBron right now or KD. I'm talking obviously legacy, like they're what what they have done. So in, in relevancy, I mean, like recency matters. It's, it is it is like if it's five, six years ago, like that example I used, then that's obviously not as relevant. We do have a little bit of recency bias here, man. Come on. I mean, he is the greatest shooter. He has been on a slump since he broke the record to become the greatest shooter. But I, we can't be, you know, absent-minded of that. I mean, every time that he's been healthy with Clay, they've been contending for a championship the last, what, 10 years? <laughs> it feels you're like, talking, I mean, come on. You're, but you're talking about a guy that can't even win a finals MVP Versus a guy that averages 39 points per game in game sevens. I, I, okay. How many game sevens has he played in? Like three, three, four. So, four. I mean, come on. Come on. It's like when you start, you're my player in the first game, you like, you put it like a tick too low because you haven't played in a while and you drop like 70 on them and you're averaging like 70. I mean, come on. Like, let, let's calm down a little bit. So, I mean, I understand. I'm with you on the Luca train. I'm just choosing the Steph side because he, when you say last shot of the game, Eagle Dollar, I want Eagle Dollar, <laughs> bro. Are you kidding me? Anybody, anybody in the game on the Warriors, Mars Gunray, no. If, if you're talking about the last <laughs> shot of the game, I want the best shooter to ever play the game. It's just that simple. That's my argument. It's funny because that's everybody's argument for. Um, just anything Steph Curry, like any kind of Steph Curry debate, it's kind of like I want the best shooter because the game is so but, much of a three point contest now. But that's a pretty good argument. Before yeah. Steph Curry was this quote unquote best shooter to ever live, it was Ray Allen. Was it? Was he getting all the arguments because he was the best shooter ever? No, but he did save one of LeBron's rings. <laughs> But, so he's in that conversation. Well, Ray Allen, you would you would say if I if a last shot, shooter? I want Ray yeah. Allen. Larry to shoot Bird it. or Ray, Ray Allen. Yeah, That's Larry Bird or Ray Allen. Come on, bro. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. No, I'm just talking about shooters prior to stuff. Uh, to I mean, you're t uh, um, Miller. Help me play for the Pacers. TNT commentator. Help me, Reggie Miller. Thank you, Reggie Miller. Reggie. Ray Allen. I mean, you think of the shooters of the past. So, yeah, they were in those arguments. But now that Steph has surpassed all of them, and he's, what, 34, 33? I mean, still got a couple good years left. 
the way he plays. He revolutionized the game to being a three-point competition. It is not very much basketball anymore. It's drive the lane. Can you draw the foul so you can get and one three points? Or can you kick out and get a three-point shot? That's what the game is. Okay. Steph Curry made that. The Warriors created that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time, big timeout, big timeout. I'm going to have to stop you there. Steph Curry, yes, did revolutionize the game. But the game that you were talking about that you just referenced, that was created by Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets. That's true. Let's not because they they went full analytics because they were like, this team, Golden State, is kicking our ass and we need to win. Went full on. on so they did and, what Golden State did and then took it a step further and drove and did the fouls. That's not. But the thing is, Golden State, Golden State. I don't know why there's uh, there's there were always this stigma that Golden State does that because they don't. Not no, that's they not don't. the offense. The, the offense they run is a very motion, a lot of motions, passing the ball, selflessness, whatnot. Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets, James Harden and them said analytics says mid range sucks, so we're just gonna go for layups, fouls, and oh, yeah. threes. I'm, so. I'm with you. Steph did change the game, but the game that you were mentioning that you referenced didn't come from the Warriors. That came okay. from the Rockets. Fair enough. Still still a lot of the game we see nowadays. Changed because of the Warriors. But it is a three-point competition because of the Warriors. It's beautiful basketball because they're able to move the ball so well. I remember watching them, and I hated when they would beat us because it was just like so pretty when they would beat us. It wasn't, it wasn't fair. It was like, you know, you see those movies like, Almost like cars where it's Mater and Lightning McQueen racing, that kind of thing. Where it's like beautiful team that's playing a great brand of basketball, and then my team that sucks up 26 straight missed three pointers. <laughs> yeah, you live and die by the three, but at the same time, that's just that's just what's most efficient if you think about it. I think one one of the things going back to the Suns, one of the things that was their downfall is that their their shot what they what the shot attempts they like to take they like mid-range they don't yeah. they don't really drive it they don't get fouls they don't shoot a bunch of threes they're they're a very mid-range team guess what that's say what you want about it i mean it's inefficient yeah you might you might as well three is more than two <laughs> yeah exactly you, that and that's the thing and so it's just hard to uh I guess it's just hard to fault the NBA going that way when it is the most mo- more efficient way to score the basketball. Yeah, and people love it. And honestly, I was going to tell you this last episode. You're starting to sound a little, a little, you got a little mad dog Russo on you, man. This game of basketball is just a three point competition. Meh, meh, meh. Watch it. It is. It's not a bad thing. It's just where the game is right now. I've I've watched it, we all have watched the game go through ebbs and flows in different styles that are popular, and that's just the style right now is the three point style because it's this more dude, efficient, like you're saying. But there's dude, nothing wrong with it. You you would be the same guy that's like, man, baseball has all these home. All they do is hit home runs. Oh, I would fucking love it, up. dude. This God, sucks. I would love if they hit home God, runs. Three pointers are awesome, dude. I'm I I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying it's just the way the game is when you watch it. It's not a bad or a good thing. I enjoy watching it. I yeah. It's yeah. fun. 
it's a lot of talent in the league right now. There's like so much freaking talent. That's why it's it's hard to we have probably debates more often than not of you know who's a superstar, who's a star. Yeah. It's just because yeah. there's so much freaking talent in we the league do a right tier now. List. That's what we should do. You want to do a tier list one episode? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, that, the thing, let's the thing do a tier is, list after the season ends. The thing is, I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. I was like, there's a superstar club, but is there? can there only be a limited amount of people in the superstar club? No, but it, it, it's like anything you diluted when you add more to it. So the more people you put in the club, it's just going to mean less and less. But like, I mean, if there's like 30 fucking high talented high performing basketball players man you can't but it's different we're only gonna put 15 in here but you know a superstar is different like we classify it by jewelry we classify it by what you got what do you have in your trophy room that's superstar like you can be a a star okay you're telling me like i crown jimmy butler a superstar you crown jimmy butler superstar because of his playoff performances yes but he hasn't won a ring yet. Okay. But his playoff performances have got him there. That's like, that's like what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess in pursuit of the jewelry, <laughs> like, cause we talk about Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is like never won alone, quote unquote, that kind of thing. Like now do, do, do we need to, I think one thing maybe is that should we do like regular season superstar and then James Harden, <laughs> Exactly, and then playoff superstar, or or just say if they're a a player that does very well in the regular season, and then just James Harden eats the shit during playoffs. Can can we take them out of a superstar? Be like, yeah, no, they're not a superstar because that's that exactly falls in those parameters. Like you're not chasing the jewelry, like winning MVPs. He was a superstar at that point in his time in, in his career, and despite his playoff performances, because we were all like swindled and believed that, you know, James Harden was, you know, revolutionizing game, this and that, and can do anything, but then he would still just slip in the playoffs. So it's like the MVPs like that. I feel like that like gets you into the club and it's almost like a, like a master's jacket. Like you get invited every year, but then at a certain point, unlike the master's jacket, you have to back it up with some more jewelry. Like that's what keeps you in that superstar rank because you can have been a superstar and then phase out of it based on your performances. So that's, that's how I like James Harden, I think is a really great example of that. Like he was at one point, a complete, the best player in the league, you know, at one point I thought at least the best offensive player. And now he's nothing. Well, not nothing, but he's a, you know, a nice, a solid third piece. I need Steph Curry. If he's going to win another finals, he has to win a finals MVP, bro. He does. Like you can't you can't be will. as good as he is and as well renowned as he is and not have a final. You can't let Andre Iguodala have a finals MVP yeah. and you don't. It's just that puts plain. him that puts him in the conversation for like, you know, best point guard ever, like top, you know, five, ten player ever once he wins it. Because he will, like, if they make it to the finals and they win, he will win it. They won't give it to anybody else. And like, that'll you be, just say they have they have to like they just have no, to. No, I just think if they, if they win, he will be a huge portion of that. So he will uh, he will have earned it. 
And, I want to say he uh, plays uh, Jimmy, and Jimmy like puts up forty every night and still loses. Maybe they'll give it to the loser, Jimmy, and then Steph is really fucked. Well, <laughs> won no, the because finals it, it, to get the award. Because if that were the case, LeBron would have won that Finals MVP instead yeah. of Andre Iguodala. Well, there, he, I mean, but there was went. talks. There was talks that he was going to. Remember, they were talking about it. Yeah, they just they couldn't they couldn't do it. Um, um, we've been dancing he, around it. Who do you have tonight? I'm curious. We've been game dancing one, around it. Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I honestly want, first things first, I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's not. I'm tired of these like blowout games here and there. And then like, like three blowout games. And then we get four pretty decent games. I want seven great games, but I know it's probably not going to happen, but I think the Warriors will win. I I think Luka's going to come out cold. Not cold, but by his standards, cold. He's not going to be Game 7 Suns laughing every time he hits a bucket kind of thing, deal. I think he, he's just, he's, he's not going to shoot, shoot the best. I mean, it's a rowdy place over there at Chase Center in San Francisco. Um, I got I got the Mavs. I Mavs, my dumbass. I got the the Warriors. Um I say I say they win by like twelve. Wow, so a little bit of a blowout there. A little bit like creeping in on it. I think when you get into fifteen, seventeen range, that's that's starting to be classified as blowout. Twelve is pretty close. I'm trying to see if what the injury reports are looking like because I'm not sure who all is out. Uh Looks like the probable starting lineups. Yeah, everybody looks just about healthy. So I I think I'm going to take the Warriors as well. I think it's, you know, it's at home. Uh, uh, I think it's more than likely that they'll win this game. This seems like the the pretty, pretty easy one. This is the one you walk into, you know, we're champions. We're at home. Welcome to our house. Like they get, you know, kicked in the face a little. It's going to be a massive, massive statement if the Mavs win this game. If the Mavs win this game, I think the whole like flow and energy and feel about this series shifts if the Mavs win the first game. Because that I feel like that's a big, big win. The second one is is also a big win, but the first one I feel like would really set the tone. Um, unfortunately, I am going to take the logical pick of the Warriors. I think they're just going to be too much. Uh, I think Luca is this is gonna be like almost an adjustment game for him. Uh, he's still young, you know. Each matchup is different, and getting the feel of what the series is gonna be like. Playing against former champions is never easy. Uh, yeah, experience and and talent and shooting wins tonight. I think. I, I do expect Luca to have his way against yeah. whoever is guarding him. I just think tonight the the shots just don't fall. Yeah, like they, it's just you know sometimes they just keep hitting that rim, doing, yeah. doing. You know, I think it's just one of those nights. But I, I don't. This whole series, I do not expect any any of anybody on Golden State side to actually successfully lock down Luca any kind of way. Not even no. not Draymond. No. There, it's just it's just kind of now. I am curious to see if they will attack. They will do the Chris Paul method mm. on yeah. Steph Curry. Cause now like thinking Brunson? about it, I'm I 
I'm thinking about it now. I'm I'm like, why didn't why haven't more NBA offenses done this before? You know, why not take just whether their star player is good defensively or not, single them out and make them play defense every single possession against your best player. It's because it's, it's tiring, man. Like what what Jose Alvarado did is is exhausting dude watching that series and watching him chase him down every single possession that is injury potential goes up you're more tired you're obviously make uh, dumber decisions when you get tired or not as smart decisions but it's just it's it's not the same it's kind of like uh in football when you're when you're on offense and you're running uh the high tempo no huddle offense you you're the one attacking so yes you get tired you could get fatigued, but it's different than being on defense and you're just getting boom, boom, hit back to back to back. And you're just like, man, I can't catch a break. I, I feel like it's kind of the same, same, I guess, mental thing where if you get Luca to just attack Steph every play, yeah, Luca's going to get tired, but it's different because he's the one doing the attacking. He's the one doing the hunting, whereas Steph Curry is going to be the hunted. And that just is just different psychologically. When you're tired and being the hunted, it, it's like, oh, dude, I. That's when you what what you start saying like you get fatigued, your decision making does gets worse, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's just my thoughts. I could be no, wrong. I, but. I, no, I I like it. I like where your head's at. I think that's I think that's really smart. Um, yeah, it's anything to set the tone, anything to inflict your will on the game. I completely agree with. I think it makes a lot of sense. Whatever you can do, like when they're champions. You have to, you know, scratch and claw and find a way inside to disrupt them a little bit. So I agree with you. I think it's a great idea. So I, I don't expect the role players to play well tonight. They don't play well on on road games most most times. So, uh, and then yeah, the shots not falling. I don't know. Maybe we'll see Luca drop a bunch. Jalen Brunson, you know, that they might not be ready for him, but I expect you know majority of the role players to be missing shots. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think Jalen Brunson will. The thing about Jalen Brunson, he's a different, he's just a different kind of small guy. Like he's a big, big small guy. Yeah. He 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 likes to do post moves. He look he likes to do like nice post things, but he's like the smallest dude on the court, which is weird. But he knows he knows how to he know he just knows how to do it very well. And um, and I feel like you don't find that much right now in the league. Yeah. Um, I and. If this game's gonna be any kind of close, I mean Luca's gonna be Luca's gonna be doing his thing. He's gonna be scoring a bunch. Or else it is gonna be a blowout. <laughs> there I just I can't see a scenario in which Luca doesn't score a bunch. Yeah. But yet it's still a close game. I mean, I unless Brunson really just turned it on or Dinwiddie's still deciding to go go hard, even then it's it's yeah, it's a little far fetched. Odds aren't there aren't in their favor. Is uh is Kerr back or is he still is it gonna be He's back. Mike Brown. Okay, no, it's Kerr. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a that's a big difference. I tweeted that out in the last series. He he does make a difference. He reels them back almost in a Phil Jackson style way where he's more of a manager than he is, you know, really coaching them in a way. It feels like being a person watching. It just that's his impact is what I noticed. So I'm glad he's back. So I just saw this on Twitter. Um so Steve Kerr on facing Jason Kidd as a player. Steve Kerr said, the biggest thing I remember about Jason was just the overwhelming for overwhelming speed and force. Brilliant player. 
And so here's Jason Kidd on facing Steve Kerr as a player. I remember facing Steve. He had Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) He had Michael Jordan. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Uh, But I'm excited to see the, 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 the X's and O's to see the, how the two coaches kind of counter each other and whatnot. I mean, I don't expect on the uh, warrior side much. I mean, they, their system is pretty much intact. It's, it's what they do. It's been their bread and butter. It's successful no matter who they play. Yeah. So I, I don't expect much of anything different from them, but I'm interested to see on Jason Kidd's side, obviously you're going against a very, high-powered championship team, championship-caliber team. I wonder how he handles that. Yeah, it should be interesting. It's going to be a fun game. We'll be back next week to talk about it. There'll be some a couple games from uh, from this episode to the next. So we'll have some, some extra uh, ammunition to talk about. We'll be back on tuesday but two fans you know where to find us in the meantime at slice devils pod on twitter at slice devils podcast on instagram also on youtube and tiktok and uh we will see you next time